Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of the Coffin Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Goodnight Punk, and with me as three times, as always, three times, is my good friend Rich. Richie, what's going now on? We've, now we've got a streak going. Three times is officially a streak. That's right. Uh, I think, is that NBA Jam rules? Yes, we're on fire, <laughs> as they would say. Perfect. There you go. What's going on, man? What's up? Well, not too much. Not too much. As you know, we just had our uh, rookie draft for our Dynasty League. And last night I had my first fantasy football draft. So it feels like football season is really getting to be in full swing. Yeah, it's all, once that first fantasy football draft hits, you know you're almost there. And I, exactly. and honestly, I kind of want to talk about our, our picks in that um, – because I really liked what I got, to be honest. You got some good ones. You got some very good ones. I, I you know, Jamison Williams following you in the second round. That was, uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he fell that far. Because that, that is such a, a great pick. You stash him on the IR, and, and when he comes back, I mean, he is so freaking Isn't talented. that crazy? I, so the guy in front of me, Rich, uh, the, another Rich, but not you or your dad. But... <laughs> The guy in front of me was not there, so it was an auto pick. And the the top picks of the all category, the next pick was Jameson Williams. And so I just assumed that the pick, I was going to be one pick off from getting the guy that I wanted in the second round. And it picked some random tight end, I think. No, so, well, here's a funny story. He was texting me because he was out on his boat in the Gulf of Mexico. He lives down in Florida. And he had been in the draft earlier, but was unable to get back in because he was, like, pulling into the dock. So I I texted him and said, hey, man, you're on the clock. And he said, yeah, I can't get in. Can you get me a running back? So I was like, sure. So I just went in and picked the top running back, which ended up being Khalil Herbert from the Bears. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, if I had if I had just auto-picked, you probably would not have gotten Jamison Williams. I'm, I'm glad so, you went the extra mile you. to uh, ask yes, what he wanted. Yes, I was, I was helping him out, and that helped you out too. So I got Damian Pierce in the uh, first round. Yeah, let me just yes. preface this by saying I was the, what, 11th pick? 11th So out of 12, 11th out of 12. So in the, with the 11th pick in the first round, I was able to get Pierce. And then Jamison Williams with the 11th pick in the second round. And then somehow Alec Pierce from the Colts was still sitting around. So, Yep. No, that was a good picks. My dad was very unhappy that you took Damon Pierce right ahead of him in the first mm-hmm. round. Um, I I didn't really need running backs. I, I had eight on my roster. I didn't I didn't feel the need to take more running. So backs. my biggest, although I did take Isaiah Pachenko in the third round. Just he was on my list. He, he was you know, in my uh, in my. Yeah, queue. he was still there. I figured he's a good one to stash on the practice squad. The uh, so my team had. Uh, Ronald Jones on it still, and James Robinson, who is you know second, second place, and then my own, my only other backups I think are Jamal Williams, who's a second, second guy on the team, and there's one other. No. One. So I really need halfback. So having him be there <laughs> was really good for me. 
And then... No, he's somebody you might be able to start week one. Yeah. Uh, I still have... I Well, yeah, I might have to start him because my other... My starting halfbacks are Jonathan Taylor and Dobbins. But we'll see what happens there. Mm. Um, who'd you end up getting? I forget. So I took Alan Lazard in round one because he was a free agent. Understandably. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as the number one option in Green Bay, I just figured, hey, he's a he's a more likely candidate to help my team this season, and that's what I needed more than a rookie at that point. And then in uh, round two, who did I get in round two? Man, I don't even it remember. It was a halfback. Was it not? No, I don't think so. Gosh, I'm completely blanking. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Oh, no, it was a wide receiver. Got... It was a... Uh... Um, gosh, who was it? The guy from the Bills? My team. Not the Bills. I'm just going to pull up my roster. I remember who it is. Right when you say it, I'll know. We just did it, and I don't right know. Right when you'll say it, I'll know. Oh, George, George That's Pickens. Right. George Pickens. Pickens. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy with that one. That dude looks so good in the preseason, and, and him and Pickett seem to have a pretty good relationship, so... um. That's one more of maybe not for this year, but going forward, I think he's he's going to have a pretty good career in Pittsburgh. I didn't. My team was so good last year. I left everyone on the taxi squad the entire year, so we'll see. I know. I Pierce is not going on the taxi squad, but I also picked up Desmond Ritter and put him onto the the taxi squad with Alec Pierce and Jameson Williams. So I got a nice rookie class going there. I probably won't move that. Uh, that taxi squad this entire season either, but we'll see. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to need to pull anybody off unless it ends up being George Pickens. Cause I also then went and picked up Isaiah likely uh, the tight end out of Baltimore and put him on my practice squad. Um, I also picked up Jalen Tolbert who was a free agent after the draft. and just stuck him on my, on my team as well. Cause I figured, Hey, he's the number three, maybe the number two in Dallas. Um, but yeah, I, I, but see, I'm happy with my team underperformed, but I've got Michael Pittman, who's a breakout candidate. I've got Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I've got Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, TJ Hawkinson. Um, I forget some other guys, um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with my team. Mahomes, my quarterback. Nice. I just, uh, I just had a bad season last season. Hawkinson going down, Mahomes not performing as well. Javante Williams never got the starting job last year, but hopefully this year he will. Yeah, I mean, I was all, I was ready to go into this draft thinking I needed a backup quarterback because I had Trey Lance on the taxi squad all last season, but turns out, <laughs> yeah. it was the good play just to hang on yep. to him. I kind of I they said he. Everybody says it when they draft a quarterback. He's our quarterback of the future. So I'm like, all right, well, I know Jimmy G's not going to be there forever. For whatever reason, they're always trying to trade him. And so at some point, he'll have his day. So there we go. Oh, yeah. We shall see what happens. Well, he's got it. Well, we will, we'll, of course, we'll be discussing that league and, and the other leagues that we're in throughout the season. For sure. So everybody will get to follow along to see how our, our draft picks do. Speaking of drafts, though, that leads us into the uh, top fives we did for this week. Yes, very similar. 
as I expected. <laughs> yes. So uh, this week, our top fives that we're doing here at the top of the show is going to be the top five teams we think are most likely to get the number one pick in next year's draft. So that basically, who's going to do the worst this season? Yes. Which sounds easy. Yeah, it actually was it? There's always yeah, there's always one or two teams that kind of just collapse out of nowhere. Um, and that's actually, I'll, I'll start off with my number five. I put the Browns and my thought process behind that is they have Nick Chubb, they have Amari Cooper, but they don't have Deshaun Watson for 12 games. If they start off very, very poorly, I mean, what's to keep them from Deshaun Watson? You know, oh, he's hurt. Oh, and he's is, not going to play the rest of this games. season. Right. Like, I mean, there's always that possibility and, and teams... When, when Jacoby Brissett's the quarterback, if the teams just load the box to stop Nick Chubb, you know, he may not have a good year. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, maybe that's the team that just collapses. You know, they, they get injured or, or there's just, a you know, the tough schedule in the AFC North. Um, so that was kind of my, my, like, wild card team. I, I put them at number five. That would be – I would love that for our friend Baker Mayfield. <laughs> oh I yeah love I have su- what a great revenge that would be the curse of yes. mayfield It'd be great <laughs> uh i'll st- start at my number five too then because it's kind of out there um i put the giants and simply for the fact that daniel jones don't trust him i mean it's like a lot of news and media outlets believe that this is his like make or break season and i don't see him making anything I see him breaking. Yeah. I mean, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so I believe he is a free agent after this year. So, I mean, yeah, it's very much like, hey, if you perform well, you can earn a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you'll be a backup in Green Bay next year. Like, it's just, you never know what's going to happen with them. And they, again, they, I mean, Barkley is talented, but can he stay healthy? And Galladay's talented. Can he stay healthy? Like, they... (laughs) Don't... It's, I, I could definitely see it happening, too, where they just, they you know, it just doesn't come together like they hope it is, and they uh, have a terrible People year. People think that Darius Slayton is somehow going to be cut this week in week three, which yeah. leaves Galladay, who Giants fans hate for some reason. As a Lions fan, I love him, but he hasn't done anything there. That leaves Galladay and Wendell Robinson, I think that's his name, the, the rookie, as like the yeah. main receivers. And- and Kadarius Tony. Yes. So like Yeah. There's really what is who's their tight end even? I don't know because they let Ingram go. I have no idea who they who they have instead. Let's see. Now. It is Daniel Bellinger, another rookie, I believe. Wow. Twenty twenty two round so, four yeah. tight end. So I just I don't know. There that's that's I was looking at teams like not to be like here's the top five that the are the betting options. Um, right. We would just have the same top five because we would have just looked at the, uh, the, the odds. odds yeah. I just don't think the Giants <laughs> are going to do that well. I, I hope they don't because they're in my division. Well, I mean, so. I'm looking down their defense and okay. I don't even see a name I recognize besides Kayvon Thibodeau. Blake Martinez, maybe. Who's hurt. Yeah. yeah. I think they, they have Leonard Williams they there. Do. Um, but yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that. Um, so my number four was the Falcons. So it's a team we've talked about. You know, they've got Kyle Pitts. He looks great. 
Drake London, I loved coming out of college. He's banged up right now. Um, they they don't really have much they else. Don't really you know, have Marcus a halfback. Yeah, Desmond Ritter, like, yeah. And then I can't even name one of their defensive players. So I could definitely see the Falcons uh, having a, a terrible season and finishing number one and then drafting a quarterback. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that one, it, it's that's, that's kind of the way I looked at the rest of my top five was just like, all right, who are the teams with the least talent in the NFL? Mm-hmm. And, and the Falcons were one of them. Yeah, it's funny. It's, I didn't put them on my list, I don't think. No, I have them. Yeah, I do have them. Yeah. I'm thinking of a different, <laughs> really crappy team. So, Uh-oh. um, yeah. So number four for me, I have the Bears. I know you'd love that. Oh yeah, my dad <laughs> uh, will will be happy to hear that. <laughs> I just, unless Justin Fields pulls a rabbit out of his hat, I don't understand. I don't see where. I don't see where the talent is. Nikhil Harry, I've seen him be listed as a name to be dropped this week. A man they traded for. Well, and I think that's because he's hurt, so they'll probably do like an injury settlement thing with him. Um, I like David Montgomery, I think, is a pretty good halfback. Uh, but yeah, they've got Darnell Mooney, David Montgomery, Justin Fields, and then they've got a whole lot of just question marks. I will say I, I didn't watch the game tonight, but I saw the stat line. Justin Fields had a hell of a night. He was 14 of 16 for like 170 yards and three touchdowns. So, I mean, balled out of his mind, Um, which is great. But got to see it. Got to see it this season. I was about to say, like, obviously he's playing as a first teamer there. But the thing about the stupid preseason is, like with the Cardinals, they they don't play most of their first or second team. So if Justin Fields could have been playing, depending on who they're playing, he could have been playing against, you know, Third stringers. So, I don't know. I hope he does. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 I hate watching, like, I don't know. It's it's hard to watch people draft. Well, you just don't want the Bears to succeed. I understand oh, Who that. would? It's, it's ingrained inside of you. But uh, Well, then no, they, they, are, they are a team that... like to trade away their best defensive pieces in the offseason and get, yeah. get what to replace it, you know? Well, and hopefully, I mean, Roquan Smith is still there. We'll see how long. What that is an lasts A designation he... on a player? Questionable. A. Yeah, I'm looking at the ESPN depth chart, and he's got an A, ne- a red A next to his name for Roquan. I have no idea. Never seen that before. No. I thought questionable would be a. Yeah, Q. there's Q's here. So, but I click on yeah. his name, and it just says questionable. So I don't know what the A is. Huh. That's weird. Yeah, I, I mean, absent, suspended is. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Bears they do have a lot of question marks on the offense and defense. So. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish the worst, but I, I hope you know for Justin Fields as, as a player, I, I I want him to succeed. I I don't want him to be stuck in a Mitch Trubisky type situation where. Maybe they've got the physical talent and then it just doesn't translate into the, the season because of the coaching staff or the players around them or whatever. But, um, I mean, I root for them, obviously, for my dad, but but also just because, you know, hey, they're, they're a bad team. They deserve some some success. You know, I'd rather see a team like the Patriots fall off. They, they've they had enough success. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to see them struggle a bit. But Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so my number three, I went with the Jets. 
Um, That's the one I didn't put they're on. The, they're the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I actually like a lot of the players on the Jets. Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, uh, Garrett Wilson. You know, I have nothing against Zach Wilson. I, I don't really know if he's a good quarterback or not. I don't watch the Jets play very much, so I can't say. Um, I, I don't want to see them fail, but it just seemed like, you know, what, what, what teams usually end up p- bad? Well, the Jets were one of them. Yeah, it's, it's funny because maybe I did this, maybe I have this fake sense of them being better than they are because of Madden when I picked the Jets and I turned them into something. <laughs> but I really do feel like their offense has a really good chance to not be bad. I mean, they have a lot of good players, like their tight ends. Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzuma, good tight ends. I like Corey Davis. Elijah Moore is a beast. And then they got Garrett Wilson, the rookie. That's a pretty good starting three-ride receivers, not to mention they still have Braxton Berrios, who I feel still has upside. Denzel Mims, who has apparently fallen out with his coach. So we who knows if he'll ever do anything there. But Brees Hall now and Michael Carter, we talked about the Jets – running back room last week like if zach wilson could not be hurt and get it together this year they might actually be decent but i don't know no i i completely agree i i like a lot of the players they have on offense i just not to mention that's the they have two of the best two of the better guards in the league with vera tucker and tomlinson so i feel like their line's decent you know they gotta if they can pull it all together maybe i'm just banking on them pulling it all together i don't know well, and see, that's the thing is, I, I feel like the Jets are one of those teams that every offseason I hear people talk about, man, they've got such talent if they can just put it together, and then they don't. Well, that's like me. So I feel that I way just... about, I'm not a Commander's <laughs> fan per se, like follow everything they do, but I think I feel that way about them every season too. Like the wide oh, receiver. I am a fan, and I absolutely The wide feel receiver that way. room last year was ridiculous. <laughs> Having Logan Thomas, you know, and then Antonio Gibson was supposed to, you know, continue to break out, but... The problem is the commanders are always lacking. A <laughs> the quarterback, quarterback was the biggest problem last season. Yeah. And we have one this season. They, they, they almost made my list. I'm not going to lie. But honestly, I looked at it and said, if Carson Wentz stays healthy all year, we at least win six games. I mean, that's just, we, we play enough bad teams and, and we always split with division opponents that we're going to win six games. If, we get hurt, if he gets hurt and we go back to Heineke, then yeah, we'll probably be in the top five. Um, but yeah, the, the Jets commanders, there are just several teams that they just seem to, they can stockpile talent that you really like, but there's just something that happens on the field where it never comes together. And that's just the way I look at the Jets. <laughs> Makes sense. I, I can see that for sure. My, uh, third was actually the Falcons. So I rated them a little yes. higher than you did. Somehow I thought I didn't have them on the list, but it was the Jets I was thinking of. Um, we both have the same number two, and that's the Seahawks. I mean, Drew Locke, Geno Smith, terrible choices, either of them. Two quarterbacks that are pretty much basically the exact same. So, and not a lot of talent. I was re- listening to the radio this week, and someone was talking about how they just could not fathom why DK Metcalf signed the contract he did this offseason. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Didn't I mean, he, we talked about the Falcons not having a lot of talent, and the Seahawks have less yeah. somehow. Um, I think Metcalf he he got paid a bunch, and maybe that's maybe he just that's all he he want he likes Seattle. He just wanted to stay. They gave him a bunch of money, and he said, "Ah, oh, screw it." I mean, he'll have an easy year. 
He's not going to get tackled a lot because they're not going to be able to get the ball to him. So you're just going to be out there running around. I say, wasn't it this season that uh, Bobby Wagner left too? Yes, Wagner and, and Wilson, they both are gone. Uh, this is the first year Wagner's in L.A. now. Yeah, yeah I remember that. So he'll, get, he'll get to play against Seattle. Yeah. The, uh, spoil the, what is the saying? Spoil of riches? I think it's something like that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, and they also, you know, Chris Carson retired. So mm-hmm. he was always a, a pretty solid running back for them. Um, yeah, I mean, the Seahawks... They, they have even less talent than, than the Falcons do, but there's still one more team oh, God. that has the least amount of talent in the NFL. And we've talked about them before, the Houston Texans. What a crap show. Hey, but they're 3-0 and in the preseason. I know we're talking about week two. They are. So we'll talk yeah. about <laughs> Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Houston's went undefeated in the preseason, so that's pretty damn yeah. funny. But. You know, it's it's fun. I do like watching Damian Pierce run for them, so I do think like, hey, that's that's something. Um, and then you know they they did draft some pretty good players in the secondary this year, uh, but they it's just it's so uninspiring. I mean, you look at that roster and it's just like a yawn on the page. I just you don't, see Nate. I don't expect them to do anything. When I look, okay, tell me if you agree with this. Every time, like, the USFL, the XFL, uh, AAF, all these teams form, these leagues form, and then they put together their teams, and then you go and you look at the roster, and you're like, I remember that guy. I think I remember that guy. That's what I think, that's how this feels looking at the Texans team, because this team looks like it could be an XFL team, because you're like, oh, okay, I remember Brandon Cooks in the NFL. I re- Davis, yeah. Kyle Allen, and I Davis Mills. Yeah, they were in the NFL. <laughs> when we, uh, when the AAF, the the Phoenix Hotshots, I would look at their roster and I'd be like, I think it was uh, Rashad Ross was a wide receiver who had been in on Washington. And I remember seeing him thinking like, oh, he's still playing football. Good for oh, him. Scooby Wright. And that's the way I feel about a guy everywhere. like Brandon Cooks. Yeah. yeah, I look at Brandon Cooks like, oh, he's still he's still in football. Yeah. Good for him. I, I wish he was somewhere better. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's just, uh, I mean, maybe they're building something like, I mean, like you said, they've got the pieces on the defense, Damon Pierce, but they, and you know, lot, John Mechie before he got hurt, a lot of picks. uh, might've been a good receiver. A yeah. Lot they got of a lot picks, of picks. So, but it's, it's, I, yeah, if, if I was going to place a bet on a team having the number one pick next year, I would only put my money on the Texans. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I also put Which, a picture in here of the betting odds for the Super Bowl winner. So this isn't who gets the number one pick, but it's the betting odds on the Super Bowl winner. But I think if you reverse okay. the list, that's pretty much going to be the same thing, except different odds for the uh, for the number one pick next year. So, Boy, four of my top five are right there. Yeah, so... Uh, Houston, it has the best odds to get the number one pick. The Falcons, who I had three and you had four, have the second best odds to get the number one pick. The Seattle Seahawks, who we both had at number two, have the third best odds to get the number one pick. The Jets, who I didn't even put on my list, have the fourth best odds to get the uh, number one pick. It's just... 
you you hear New York Jets and you immediately think terrible football team. That's just it, it's just like a knee jerk reaction. Well, top five. There's a team that we both didn't put in from the betting odds, and that's the Jacksonville I'm Jaguars. Surprised. Who I yeah, feel like has I, a I'm good team. I'm surprised they're that low. Yeah, I I'm surprised they're that low. I understand after last year, they they looked so bad that people maybe have just given up on them completely. But I mean, they they signed Christian Kirk, maybe overpaid him. They've got Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne's healthy. Mm-hmm. Lawrence looks better in the preseason, and I honestly I really like their defense. I I took their defense uh, in the fantasy in the draft I had last night as my number two defense, just because. I mean Trayvon Walker. They've got Josh a lot of Allen on the defensive line. The linebacker. Yeah. That guy's a beast. It's funny because every time you talk yeah. about Josh Allen, it's always the Bills' quarterback. But it, this this linebacker <laughs> lives in the shadow of the Bills' quarterback, despite being, I think he was a Pro Bowler last year. So on a on a terrible team. Yeah. So yeah, I'm surprised the Jags. I mean, I get it. It's the Jaguars. Uh, it's like the Jets. People just naturally put them at the bottom of every list. <laughs> but uh, I, I think the Jaguars are going to be sneaky. I won't even say good. I'll be sneaky average. Yeah, they're, they're not bottom five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's high praise for the Jaguars. Um, six is the Chicago Bears, who I had at four. Uh, seven is the Detroit Lions, who I wouldn't put in a top five despite them maybe <laughs> deserving it. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> Just can't do that to your can't team. Can't do it. Sorry. So the Browns are actually middle of the road, which I understand. Like I said, that was my my wild card team. Yeah, the Giants but, uh, are right in the middle of the road too. Oh, they're pretty. Yeah, they're, what are they? Oh, like they are tenth. They are twelfth. Yeah, they're bottom third of the league, which makes sense. I would have placed them bottom third, but I wouldn't have placed the Browns that high. I mean, they're what, fifteenth, uh, sixteenth. So right in the middle of the league, I, I wouldn't consider them that good. Maybe if they had Deshaun Watson all season, but you're talking about five games of Deshaun Watson? That's, that doesn't get you to halfway. And I pulled this info tonight, so this is the most up-to-date. They have the same odds as the Cardinals. That's insane. Yeah, that's, that's, no. And they they have better odds than the Titans. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a little weird to me. I mean, people, they need to factor into Sean Watson's just missing 12. Like, no disrespect to Jacoby Brissett, but you're going to tell me the Browns with Jacoby Brissett and the Cardinals have the same odds to win the Super Bowl? That's a little ridiculous. It doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah. All right. Well, it'll be fun to uh, look back on this next uh, next January to see how, how close, uh, how close, close we are. Yeah, I'm looking forward to once the – Throughout the season, depending on the top fives we do, plus the at the end of the season, bringing these, doing like a recap show, that'll be fun. Yes, I always like to do predictions. Me and my dad every year actually come up with our own predicted standings for the league, and then at the end of the season, we uh, we count up how many games we were off for each team, and we owe the other person that like that many dollars, like one dollar per per win per loss. Um, it's it's pretty fun. You, you realize like you make them in August, and then sitting there in January, you're like, man, I was I thought like the Patriots would be so much better, or, or you know, I thought he he always thinks the Bears are a playoff team, so I always get some money from him from that. So the um, but it's a it's a fun exercise. Sports betting became legal just before the season last year. 
And uh, yes. I remember I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to make a bet for the Super Bowl winner. And uh, so I did. Unconventionally, I picked the Titans as a Super Bowl winner. And they almost went to the Super Bowl. I was so close. They had a really good. It was a really I good bet, too. That was so close. But, yeah. It's I fun to do, do that. I do long-term bets. It is. It is. I, I like to do like game like prop bets like oh i think terry mclaurin will have under 100 yards receiving or something like that i don't usually do the the long-term ones but i'm thinking i think uh we talked about this doing like a a bets portion of the podcast before each week and and discussing any bets we're going to place and maybe when we do our our season preview in two weeks we can each of us will pick one team to place a super bowl winning bet on uh Speaking of that, I haven't really mentioned this to you. I'm going to be out of town Thursday and Friday of next week, so more than likely our next episode will be that preview episode. Oh, okay. So well, there you for go. everybody listening right now, I was I wanted you to let you know during the podcast so you all knew. Um, we will be back in two weeks for the start of the NFL season podcast. Um, no, no preseason. Well, I mean, I guess there's week three to discuss but uh we'll do that it'll be quick well, it'll be a quick discussion yeah, just, next I mean, week or at the in the in the beginning of the season podcast september september 9th yeah, so we'll do the like yeah. notable cuts that type of thing all the like little stuff random things that people picked up that might change change our mind on some of these these teams spots here but uh yeah so just so everybody knows that's listening if you don't see the podcast next week, it was because of that. So I know that, I know that uh, when you're looking at your feed and you don't see something, you wonder what's going on. So now you know. There you go. All of our our thousands of of listeners and fans <laughs> would have been worried next week. Exactly. Well, what? Yeah, you know, if we blew up this week and then we didn't have one last week or next week, and then everyone just left, that'd just be sad. So <laughs> there, there you go. Just our yes, luck. Exactly. Uh, yeah. All so right. Week two preseason observations. Yeah. So um, I figured we'd start with the quarterback battles because those are always the most interesting portion of, of any offseason. Are there any left? Um, you know, there's not really battles so much. I think all the starters have been named, but there's still, you know, like the situation in Pittsburgh is still interesting because – they haven't announced Trubisky for week one that I've seen. Mm-hmm. They announced that he's going to start uh, preseason week three, which I think they play tonight, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Well, poor Trubisky um, because everybody so, wants – the fans want Pickett. Well, and Pickett has played very well. Last week uh, he was 6 of 7 for 76 yards and a touchdown, and that was against some starters. So, I mean, he's, he's playing well, and – I mean, we've discussed it. There's, there's, Pickett is the guy they've chosen to be the future of the franchise. You took a quarterback in the first round. Just put him out there. He's playing well enough. I mean, I can't imagine Trubisky is playing that much better than Pickett in practice that they're going to play Trubisky for three or four weeks and then put Pickett out there. I mean, I, I feel like Pickett might end up getting this job by week one now. He's playing pretty well. And I think I've mentioned this before. It reminds me of the David Carr or Derek Carr situation with the Raiders when he beat out Matt Schaub 
even though they had announced Shav as the starter. Mm-hmm. I think Pickett, by, by next week, they're going to be like, you know what, Pickett start in week one. He's just, you know, maybe, maybe they probably have the same amount of chance to win at this point, but Pickett can develop into something greater where I feel like Trubisky's probably plateaued in his career. Well, the good news for him is that he plays the Lions tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, he's shouldn't hurt like him. Six or seven touchdowns. Shouldn't hurt him. <laughs> so another good performance by Pickett, and and he may well be named a starter uh, uh, next week. So. Yeah, but when you when you're going six for seven, that's a pretty good indication. You gotta love that. Yeah, six for seven, seventy six yards and a score. I mean, that's that's the hell of a drive right there. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, the t- we in the other battles, we talked about it last week. These other two battles were basically finished now with starters named. Yes, and, and officially officially done with Baker being named the starter in Carolina. Ironically enough, Darnold then got hurt last night. So even if he had not been named but the hurt? starter, he's like the last one standing. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, that's um, there you go. Yeah, but well-deserved. I mean, Mayfield was the better option out of... of Darnold uh, and Mayfield, and even if you want to throw Matt Corral or PJ Walker in there, uh, Baker was just the best, better quarterback. And then in Seattle, they named Geno Smith the starter. I mean, that's like choosing between you know two pieces of you know what. I, I, I didn't really matter name, which one. Name I went two with. peanut butter brands: <laughs> Jif. Yeah, and, it's like <laughs> it's like pick up between Jif and any other peanut butter. Yeah, it's like who who I I didn't I I I mean are, they're screwed the no matter in, what. Geno Smith is not that that oh he's so much better than Drew Locke. Is he? I mean Drew Locke just is a waste at this point. I mean Geno Smith played what seven games last year. I mean he's not that impressive either. It's Seattle. They're terrible. It's so funny. I was listening to the radio this week and they were talking about this Geno and Drew Locke. They're like, why would the why would Seattle pick up Jimmy Garoppolo? And I, I, this whole time, I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, you have a much bigger ceiling with Drew Locke or Geno Smith than you do with Garoppolo. And then I'm like, I literally out loud said, what are you talking about? And the next thing he says is, but Garoppolo has a much higher floor. And I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. But with a smaller, you know what you're getting with Garoppolo. He's pretty much not going to develop anymore. But I'm like, do you really think Drew Locke or Geno Smith are their ceiling is up at Garoppolo's floor? Because well, and that it's you want to say they oh Geno Smith and Drew Locke can develop, can they? Geno Smith came out in what 2013, a long time ago, and Drew, yeah, like they're, they're, these they, guys aren't 22, 23 years old. Like they've developed. They are what where you're gonna get them. And Jimmy Garoppolo, like you said, his floor is at or above their yes, seat. Exactly. The, the Geno Smith's best day is not going to be anything more than Jimmy Garoppolo's average yes, day. Exactly. It, it, yeah. It, I can't believe they haven't made a move for him yet. Maybe they're hoping the 49ers just cut him. Maybe the 49ers, 49ers probably refuse, refuse to, to trade him in the, in the division. division. But you have no choice. Yeah, if and you that cut could him. be. So Yeah. Like I if I I I sure hope if he does become available as a free agent, Seattle has to make a move because if you honestly tell me you're going to go in with Geno Smith as your starter, but tanking doesn't exist in the NFL, I just laugh in your face. They're like, running the Davis Mills drill. 
You know, I give the Texans with Davis Mills, at least he's a second-year player. He's not, in their life. They can use the excuse of, we're trying to see if he can develop. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. okay, I'll accept that. But the, you can't tell me we're going to see if we can develop Geno Smith as a that starter. That would be believable no. if Geno Smith or Drew Locke had never been starters. And they both have, and they both didn't do anything. So, Well, and they use the Drew Locke the Denver used that when they said, we're going to start Drew Locke and see if he can develop. All right, but that was four years ago. He hasn't developed. Eventually, you've got to cut bait and be done. Geno Smith, I just looked it up, is 31 years old. Quarterbacks do not suddenly become a Hall of Fame quarterback at 31. Oh, how old was... Drew Locke's only 25. I know That's, he's I young, he's but... younger than I thought. Drew Locke is the one they were actually talking about on the radio that they thought had the biggest quote-unquote ceiling. But I'm like, just because you're young doesn't mean you have a big ceiling. Right. That's the problem is he's he's been given the opportunities and he just has he hasn't even developed into a starting caliber quarterback, clearly, since he lost to Geno yeah, Smith. Exactly. So it'd be interesting to see if Geno is starting week one, depending on what the week three roster cuts happen. But uh, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks when we do that other podcast, see where they land there. Yes, I, I can't wait to see what happens there. Uh, in other quarterback news, so this wasn't a battle because Tanhill was going to be their starter, but Malik Willis is, has played really well dude. in the preseason. Uh, was, <laughs> dude. Did you watch tonight's game against I the Cardinals? I did not, but I watched the highlights right. from last week, from week two. Dude, some of those, those uh, evading the sacks and then the – the sidearm throws, some of those throws he was making with accuracy, even when his he would even when he stepped back and planted his feet and threw the ball, he looks really good. I still wish the yes. Lions had yeah, got he, him. And like I wanted him so well, bad. I didn't want him with the number two pick. I can't. But. Right, you could have got him in the second or even beginning of the yes, third exactly. round. Um, yeah, he he has definitely impressed a lot of people. I. Uh, Again, he's not going to overtake Ryan Tannehill, but you know, with Tannehill's contract, there's always the possibility that he becomes a cap casualty next year. And Willis looks very capable of uh, starting. He, he played tonight against the Cardinals. I was actually watching it while we did our draft. He looked good. Some good scrambles. Um, some good passes to uh, fellow rookie Traylon Burks. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was. I definitely think they they found a a guy that will be a a starter in the league probably next season. Um, you know, and then if Tanhill does struggle for some reason or get injured, then he he would definitely step in as their as their number one. Imagine an option but, run uh, where you have to worry about handing it off to Derrick Henry or Willis taking off. Yeah, that's a pretty good duo. Uh, that that would scare me, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, that's the uh, those are the quarterbacks. Uh, any other quarterback stories that you want to talk about? I tried to cover all the. The bigger. I, the ones. only one that I had was, I remember that Ritter had done well again in the second week. I'm pretty sure, but I. Yes, he did. He did actually. I forgot to. Uh, I forgot to include that Cause, one. Because the, the um, I haven't really heard. It, like I haven't heard if they are actually competing. It feels like Mariota's been given yeah, the job. Yeah, I think he's starting for sure. But, I mean, so has Tannehill. And I'm thinking future-wise because a lot of the times you look at these, and he wasn't even a like early drafted quarterback. He was just a guy that was projected to be one of the top three quarterbacks and was taken in the third round. So 
I look at those these the top list of quarterbacks taken and where they are and where they could be. Mariota's not a long term starter, so seeing Ritter do well, that's that's looking good for Falcons fans. Not maybe not for this season, considering they're projected to be in the bottom five of the league, but. Knowing you have a quarterback already and next year with your high picks, you can basically take what you want. That's a, it's a pretty good deal. So okay, I'm look. Yeah, I could definitely, if they, if they are as bad as their, their odds have them to be, I mean, we could see Ritter later in the season when they're out of the playoff chase and they just decide to put him into game action. So, I mean, he, he could end up starting some games this yeah, year. So last week, in week two, like I was talking about, he was 10 to 13 for 143 yards. Mariota was 6 out of 10 for 132 and a touchdown. So, Mariota, you know, averaging more, uh, a couple more yards per pass. But, I mean, keeping up with Mariota for Gritter is a good sign for him. It is. It is. I, I, I definitely – I liked Ritter coming out of school too. I like um, – he's, he's very mobile – and if he can if he can continue to develop like that, then yeah, I, I and I, I don't I don't see the Falcons doing well and, and sticking with Mariota because he's he's playing so well and, and fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, if they really are in the bottom of the league, like yeah, I absolutely think they'll they'll end up putting Ritter in there, even if it's only week eighteen. Th- throw him in but, for uh, a few, like you know, yeah. See how he can do in a in a real game situation against starters and play the whole game nope. and see what he can do. For but, sure. Uh, back to running backs. There are there are some interesting running back stories coming out of week two. Um, you know there are a couple rookies. I'm going to start with uh, the Commanders. Obviously, uh, we discussed this. I think Antonio Gibson. The story broke last week that he was he was on the punt protection. Well, then in the game he ended up returning kicks. Uh, which he hadn't done since college, <laughs> and playing with the backups while Brian Robinson started the game with the starters. They played today, but they didn't start any of their starters, including Robinson, Gibson, J.D. McKissick. They basically rested like everyone that has a roster spot locked up already. So there's really nothing new about whether or not Brian Robinson has completely taken over the job or it's going to be a split backfield. But I will say Ron Rivera has said he's going to ride the hot hand and he called out Antonio Gibson and says he needs to run harder. I feel like the coaching staff has completely soured on a, on Antonio Gibson as the starting running back. I, I'm really excited to see week one against Jacksonville who takes that first carry. Uh, my money right now, honestly, would be on Brian Robinson. I, I just feel like... Antonio Gibson can can be a, a still a good piece of the offense, kind of in that same J.D. McKissick role. But Brian Robinson, if he runs harder, he gets the short yardage, which is something that that, that offense constantly struggles with. So something to still watch. But I know like in the in the fantasy draft uh, that I did last night, Antonio Gibson is falling down draft boards. Well, um, but he, he got taken, and then I took Brian Robinson as my fourth running back just as a matter of, hey, he might end up being the starter, and I got great value. Well, the biggest thing for me with that running back situation is that I would believe far less that Brian Robinson had a chance to take over the number one spot if Antonio Gibson, who's supposed to be the number one guy going into their camp, 
wasn't playing a lot and you know he was just kind of resting and Brian Robinson was going off while Antonio Gibson wasn't in the game but the fact that he's doing it while they're still trying to play Gibson minutes and try to give him touches just proves that there is a battle whether or not they will admit it outright you know what I mean like other teams like right so and- for example which since we're talking about our favorite teams here the Lions Jamal Williams supposed to be the number two Swift number one basically the two-headed monster I think so far they play again tomorrow so they've only had two games so far in the preseason between the two of them they've run seven times and everything else has been other running backs anyone else that does good so like Justin Jackson who used to be on the Chargers is on the Lions and he's tearing it up but I am not gonna say Justin Jackson is is fighting for the number one spot because the other guys aren't even fighting so you know what I mean right I my my only area of concern is you know when we talk about like the number one running back I feel like Antonio Gibson's still going to be involved. Uh, Robinson may be right, the, right. Like you know, the first and second down. He'll he be the Jamal Williams. Sixty percent. Yeah, like he'll get sixty percent of the carries. Antonio Gibson might get forty. Like it's not going to be a Najee Harris type situation where the backup barely sees the field. Well, I just think that Gibson isn't the favorite of the coaching staff anymore. I think Robinson is based off the way they're he literally going to have the same type of deal as Swift and. Swift and Jamal Williams, basically, where it's Swift is the guy, but Jamal Williams still gets plenty of touches in a game. Where, like, one series might be Swift, one series might be Jamal Williams, or it might be both of them. So, but, you know. Yeah, it's it's something interesting to watch because it's, it's like, I've mentioned this before, I've always wanted us to have just, like, a stud running back. Like, I mean, running back to, like, the Clinton Portis days. Like, I just... So I would love to see Brian Robinson be a guy that gets 70% of the carries. Um, but I, I feel like it's going to be a much bigger split. Listen, I've been wanting that for 20 years. Since Barry Sanders retired, <laughs> I've wanted a workhorse halfback. Never gotten it, you know. Through the, the Amir Abdullahs. And, no, and I'll tell you who I thought was going to be it. Joke Bell. Javid Best I thought was going to be it. And oh, then he, yes, best. you know, busted up his knee and never really played again. But when he played, was he, which was the one that had constant concussions? Was that Bell or Best? I remember there was a running back. That you no, guys it wasn't his knee. It was Best. Javid Best. It wasn't his knee. It was his, his con, uh, heads. Concussions. Okay, that was Best. Which makes sense. Totally yeah, makes sense why he retired. Because that last concussion was the end of him. And I would rather him retire and have, live a good life. Then continue to try to chase a dream that will ruin his life. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, hopefully uh, we'll we'll see how that plays out. But uh, and then moving on to the Bills. So James Cook, when when he was drafted, people got super excited because Devin Singletary and Zach Moss kind of underwhelmed in Buffalo last year, and and James Cook is the brother of Dalvin Cook, so naturally there's the oh maybe he'll be as good as his brother, and the Bills have a stud running back and. Um, that was the thought all off season, but uh, Zach Moss has actually been playing really well in the Good. preseason, and the reports out of practice are that James Cook has been struggling in pass protection, which for running backs obviously is super important. 
especially when your quarterback is Josh Allen and you have to protect him at all costs. So I, I still think James Cook might get some usage throughout the year, but a lot of people were like, oh man, James Cook by week one is just going to be the unquestioned starter in Buffalo. But yeah, I, I don't think he is at all. I think he's still clearly number three behind Singletary and Moss. So I remember when Zach Moss was drafted. It was back in 2020 during the, uh, during the pandemic. I remember when he was drafted. I remember watching him in Utah first off because I'm a Pac-12 fan. Really good halfback. And then when I saw they got him all the way in the third round, I thought they, were, they had something good there because I really am just not a big Devin Singletary guy. Um, yeah. So I'm like, oh, sweet. And then they drafted James Cook. What round did they get him in? It was the second round, yeah. So I'm like, Zach Moss is just done. Done skis. But it sounds like he's actually... That might have lit a fire under him. So we'll see. Very true. Very true. Yeah, it might be the motivation he needed. But I, I, despite the fact that he's net, I mean, not to say he's never lived up to expectations because I think he's had some decent stats in the times that he's played. He's just never been the number one guy. But it'd be interesting to see what he does. Right. He's been given the opportunity a couple times to be the number one, but he's, he's never really made a splash. Yeah. So in the two years he's played in Buffalo, he's had 112 attempts in 2020 for 481 yards and four touchdowns. Not bad stats for a second guy, 96 attempts in 2021 for 345 yards and four touchdowns. So averages about four yards a carry four touchdowns a year as a backup. That's not too bad. Yeah. It's not too bad. It's not it's not great. It's not, you know, blow you away type numbers, especially for a team like Buffalo that you know, their offense really is more of a run first offense. They just usually run with Josh it's Allen. It's just a lot of uh Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. He doesn't have a lot of catches either, and for a team where, you know, they're a passing attack team, that can be tough. All right. Right, definitely, definitely. But uh, and then moving on, so Damon Pierce, obviously we've talked about him. Uh, he didn't play in week two. Uh, he played last night, six carries, 37 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, I, I feel like that guy's all but locked up the starting spot in Houston. Really this, no reason that Marlon Mack I was about to say, I don't even know still. who the other guy was anymore. Because all the hype, everybody <laughs> is talking about Damian Pierce. So if it is not him everybody's going to be surprised. Yes, it, it will be a little shocking if they stick with Marlon Mack or I think they have Rex Burkhead too to be like a PPR role. Mm -hmm. But Damian Pierce just looks like, he, he looks fantastic out there running through people. I mean, the guy needs to be on the field. Yep, for sure. And then last piece about running back. So Ronald Jones in Kansas City. Um, he, he hasn't played much in the preseason. They drafted Isaiah Pachenko. They've got Edwards Alaire. Uh, every report that I see out of Kansas City is that Ronald Jones is most likely to be released on Tuesday. Uh, just an interesting piece for, for people. You know, if you're, if you're drafting Clyde Edwards Alaire, you, you want to make sure you draft Pachenko to back him up. I don't think Pachenko's in any, you know, any threats right now to, to, steel carries but um 
he's looked good in the preseason and, and Andy Reed likes him and, and Andy Reed is the type of coach that you know he'll he's just gonna play whoever's the better running back and he's, he doesn't care who's you know where you were drafted who's making more throw money. on top so of that that uh something interesting to watch yeah, throw on top of that that Clyde Edwards Hilaire has been hurt several times so yeah and and struggled when yeah. he's healthy <laughs> that too <laughs> Uh, so then we'll move on to the wide receivers. Um, I like uh, this story out of Denver. You know, Russell Wilson coming to Denver, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. He's got great receivers. Anytime a new quarterback goes to a new team, the question who's is this, always, who's which receiver is, yes, it, it happened last year with Stafford. People, it was a question between Cup and Woods. Clearly it was Cooper Cup and look mm-hmm. what he did. So that's the, um, so right now it seems like Cortland Sutton is the one that Russell Wilson has been favoring i guess he runs the uh routes the deeper routes that russell likes he uh when they do the scramble drill like seattle always did where wilson gets outside the pocket and just looks for an open receiver sutton's the guy um so that's uh that is the receiver uh that i'm kind of keeping my eye on right now and then uh where's he going romeo dobbs and where's his what's his average draft position for sutton I don't know exactly where. I want to say it's probably round six. It's the funny thing. It is seems Jerry like Judy a good. Like, it seems like he seems like a perfect receiver to grab. If you go halfback, halfback, um, quarterback, and you're looking for that number first receiver in the later rounds of the draft, I do that often. I do right. that often where I, I I'm like fourth or fifth round looking for a number one receiver. So many have gone off the board, but I just have focused on halfbacks, you know. So, uh, let's see. Cortland Sutton right now. Um, so his average draft position is forty-seven, forty-seven point four five. So end of the fourth round. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Jerry Judy's is fifty-six. So fifth round, and, and not much that much later than Cortland Sutton, to be quite honest. So. Yeah, see that fits right into what I'm talking about. If you if you value halfbacks and you like to pick like one of the top quarterbacks with your third pick, and you're looking for that first wide receiver in the fourth round, Cortland Sutton should be sitting there. Yeah, absolutely. I think he is a um, a good target. Like you said, I mean, you look at last year with with Cooper Cup. I mean, he was like a fifth round pick. The guy finishes number yeah. one. If you do, you know, if you go running back, running back, quarterback, you get Sutton, and then he blows up. You're like, oh, I got a number one. (laughs) I got a first-round wide receiver this year with a fourth-round pick. Not to mention if you're in a keeper league. (laughs) Now you've got a fourth-round keeper wide receiver that's at the top of the league. Yes. For sure. Speaking of keeper leagues, so uh, Romeo Dobbs, the rookie in Green Bay, has been making all kinds of waves, and – Naturally, because it's Green Bay, he gets all kinds of attention because everything they do gets attention. But he's got a big hype train going off him. Uh, he's a rookie. You know, they drafted Amari Rodgers last year. And if I remember correctly, Amari Rodgers was having the same hype train last year. And now no one cares about him. But I just thought to point out, Romeo Dobbs does seem to be the the uh, hot hot piece of action in green bay or whatever it is the hot commodity in green which is bay. hilarious since he they also have what's his face christian watson 
Yeah, Christian Watson, who they Christian drafted Watson, in the second yes. round, and Dobbs was a fourth rounder. Yes. Yeah, but Watson, I think, was hurt through most of the summer, so I don't know how much he's been in practice, and I don't even know how much he's played in the preseason. True. But, he is uh, hurt right now. But yeah, Dobbs is getting all kinds of hype. Speaking of hurt, Michael Thomas hurt his hamstring again. Uh, has not played in the preseason. Probably won't play this week either. Um, but that, that helps Chris Olave, who has been moving up. And a lot of people say he is actually the, the number one option in New Orleans over Michael Thomas. I actually saw that in a story, which kind of blew my mind because you'd think Michael Thomas, when healthy, would still be the better receiver, but maybe not. I mean, I don't, when was the last time Michael Thomas was on the field? This is when we get to the point where, like, like with the Cardinals having A.J. Green, you're like, A.J. Green was one of the best wide receivers in the league. And then he just fell off. So now we're at the point where, like, well, Julio Jones. We're at the point where, like, is Michael Thomas another one of those wide receivers that just ends up falling off completely, despite being one of the best in the best, my opinion, the best in the league in the years where he wasn't hurt. So absolutely, absolutely, he was. Oh, it's the same thing, Julio Jones. I mean, he was. It just seemed like all of a sudden last year, Julio Jones. They're like, all right, we're trading him to Tennessee. Doesn't do anything. They're cut. Now he's in Tampa Bay. It's like he just went from being Julio Jones to, oh, he's just some dude on Tampa Bay now. Like, it very well could be the same thing. I don't know. But Chris Olave, another, uh, you know, good first-round receiver coming out of school, probably going forward going to be the new number one in New Orleans. It'll be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, he's, He'll be good. It will. I'm positive of that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. A uh, few other miscellaneous Wait, Hold on. Stories. Back on the wide receivers, uh, and this is only for those people in Arizona, since we're both in Arizona, that are listening, our friends and family, if they're around. Interesting wide receiver story. Somehow Andy Isabella is still finding ways to stick on to the Arizona Cardinals roster. Because I was positive yes. he was going to be cut this year. And this preseason, he's suddenly found some kind of mojo to, to just try to stick onto the roster one more time. He looked good tonight, too. They were calling him out. The, the announcers were talking about how great he looked and, and how he's probably earned a roster spot. I mean, that guy just... Sec- he, he's always that fifth or sixth receiver, never going to see the field, but when it comes practice time, he just looks too good to be cut. <laughs> totally off topic, which is what I do on podcasts, but uh, Andy Isabella is the guy that the Cardinals got with the pick that they got for trading Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen or Andy Isabella? Who's had a better career? I'd have to say Andy Isabella, uh, but that is that is actually a tough question because I wouldn't say that either one of them has had Done a career anything? at this point. Like Josh Rosen, just because <laughs> yeah. he started a bunch of games for the Cardinals? I I don't even know. He's probably made more money being a first-round pick and a quarterback, so maybe we'll say Josh Rosen. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say either one of them's had a career it's to It's just judge. two straight, two years' worth of picks from the Cardinals that were absolutely worthless. Now... And yet Steve Kime got an extension because he's a general manager genius. Oh, okay. Are we get, let's stick on the Arizona Cardinals thing for a second. Hated that he got extended because he only got extended because he drafted Kyler Murray, which 
should be an indication of his drafting skills after the year before he took a first-round quarterback. Then, uh, and then the only reason you got Kyler Murray is because you had a number one pick because none of that worked out. And then if you look at every pick he's ever picked, how many of them have stuck past their first uh, contract? The number is very, very small. That guy can't draft for crap. Now, I'll say this. He has a knack for picking up people like veterans that play well for one year, but then you always have a hole to fill when that player leaves. I don't like Kime as a manager. I don't understand how the Cardinals are constantly middle of the road to good, but maybe that's better with him being there than what they used to be where they were just always bad. I don't know, but I just don't understand that extension because it basically came off the back of Kyler Murray. Yeah, you. I don't really give him credit for drafting Kyler Murray when he had the number one pick. I mean, you, you that was like a gimme. You, you, I would give him credit for a guy like David Johnson, who I think was a fifth-round pick or, or a third-round pick. Like, you find somebody in the draft that develops, and it's like, oh, good drafting. But all those first-round picks that he has absolutely whiffed on, or like you said, that then leave and don't sign a second contract with us, his big thing to me is the trades. Chandler Jones came in a trade and was great. DeAndre Hopkins, he got in, a, in he fleeced the Texans in that trade. And, and I do give him credit for that. But when I look at the draft, I really can't identify draft picks where I say, "Oh, that was a you know, good scouting and and good drafting, you know, way to way to, you know, play the board and and get great. I mean, maybe like Tyra Matthew and David <laughs> Johnson. Like those are really the only ones that come to let's, mind. Let's this is our podcast. We can do what we want. Sorry, everybody that doesn't care about the Cardinals, but yeah, I'm going to do this. Kime, <laughs> here's his draft picks. Ready for this? Quarterbacks. Logan Thomas. What the hell was that? Round four quarterback. Now he's one of the best tight ends in the league, not on the Cardinals. <laughs> Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray. Those are his quarterback picks. Two rep first round quarterbacks. All right, move on to running backs. Stephen Taylor, round five. Never solid state special teams player played four years. David Johnson um, turned one one like good start season into a big contract, then got traded, uh, especially after an injury. Yep. T.J. Logan, this name I don't even recognize. Round five, Chase Edmonds, who was a, a fourth rounder. That's a good one. We'll say that. That's a good one. Eno Benjamin. 2020 round seven that is still to be seen but he might beat out is it Darrell Williams what's the name of the the Kansas City running back that came here I Damien Williams. Williams. he might beat out Damien Williams to make the roster uh which is huge because Damien Williams was the leading rusher for Kansas City last year so that would be big for him but let's move into the wide receivers here Ryan Swope nope John Brown didn't make it through his first contract. Walt Powell, round six, no, 2014. Nope. J.J. Nelson, 2015, round five. Another guy that stuck around and never did anything. But he was fast. Chad Williams, a round he three, was. 2017 quarterback. Did not do anything. Lots of hype in the preseason. Never did anything. Christian Kirk, one contract. Didn't get extended. Good, good wide receiver. Got paid a lot. To go to Jacksonville, 
Never did anything here. Never did anything here. He did stuff here. Didn't get a second contract. Andy Isabella, round two, 2019. Never has done anything. Probably not going to get a second contract. That's crazy. Hakeem Butler in the same year as Andy and Isabella. The guy I thought was better than Andy Isabella. Never really even played for the Cardinals. And Keyshawn Johnson, same year, 2019. Three wide receivers in that year. Not on the team anymore. Um, Jonathan Cooper, 2013 in the first round, gone. DJ Humphreys, probably his best pick ever. Uh, I'm going to go keep going down here, but only with the first rounders and second rounders, just so you know how bad this is. I'm not going to list every single person he said. Uh, Let's see here. Robert Kimdichi. First rounder. (laughs) Nope. Uh, Kevin Minter, linebacker. Nope. Dan Buchanan. I don't even remember what happened with him. He was he was in the XFL. I'm pretty sure. He might be was on a really? team Buchanan? now, but I'm pretty sure he's in one of those like other leagues. Dan Buchanan, 2014, first round. Nope. Marcus Golden, round two, 2015. Didn't get a second contract, but he's back on the team because he's that good. Hassan Reddick didn't get a second contract, round one. Isaiah Simmons still in his first contract. Isaiah Simmons should get a second contract. Cornerback Byron Murphy. That was a good pick. That guy will definitely get a second contract. Uh, Tyron Matthew was a round three in 2013. That was a like surprise pick because he was falling down draft boards. Should have been a first rounder. Good pick. Didn't get a sec. Did he get you know a second funny? contract? I, I, that, he did. I remember they paid him a lot of money and then, then they a couple got years had to cut him. I don't, you know, I give Kime credit for drafting him in the third round, but like you said, he was a first round talent. I mean, that's not even, yeah. he was falling down draft boards because of character issues that weren't even real. I, I, I'm not going to give Kime credit for that one. He didn't identify the talent. Everybody knew the Honey Badger was talented. Yeah, he took a chance on him. But I don't give Kime credit for that one. I take back what I said. Besides DJ Humphreys, maybe his other best pick ever, which is going through a a crap ton of picks from 2013, right? And he doesn't have a lot of good ones. The only other really good one no. was Buda Baker in the second round of 2017. Yes, that one has been very good. But other than that, not great in the draft. Not a lot of second contracts to any high drafted players. He's terrible at it. Anyways, I that I had to go on that tangent just because we're from Arizona, and I I always when you talk when you mentioned that extension since we didn't have a podcast back then and I definitely would have talked about then it doesn't make any sense to me. The guy can't draft. He can sign free agents. He has, somehow he has a magic way with veteran free agents. But other than that, with the draft, he's terrible. He's he's terrible. I'm gonna say it. He's terrible. He has some he has some gems. No, but he's I terrible. I I agree. I think it's purely based off the fact that yes, they've gone from being continuously at the bottom of the league to continuously fighting for a playoff spot, and that's that's good enough. So extend him, extend Kingsbury, and let's just keep rolling. Yeah, the Kingsbury one made no sense to me either. 
I'm like, you're going to send these two before you extend Kyler Murray. These two are not doing anything for before you. Before we've won a playoff yeah, like game. It, it makes no sense to me. I'm like, if you were to tear this team apart, losing Kime and Kingsbury would be worse, would be better off than losing Kyler, in my opinion. Uh, well, it'll be an interesting couple of years for the Cardinals. They've, they've locked up the quarterback, the coach, the GM. I mean, these are the guys we're rolling with for the next couple of years, and we'll, we'll and see. Then, but uh, we're going to move on. Otherwise, we'll we see. We can go off from the Cardinals forever. Hours, talk about the Cardinals. Yeah. Yes. Um, but we'll stick with one of our other favorite teams. I just found this kind of funny. The Lions, I read that Jeff Okuda uh, might have locked up the number two cornerback spot. And I just, I find that funny. The number three pick in the draft. Your disdain for him. The yes. number three pick in the your draft. Your absolute disdain Dude, for I the guy. I love the Barracuda, so. okay? <laughs> I just wish that he could stay healthy and actually defend a pass. You know, if he could do those two things, <laughs> he would be a really good cornerback. But the fact that he cannot stay healthy and he can't defend passes is just really making it hard for him, Okay. Well, he's going to have a lot of opportunity, too, as the number two corner um, this year. So, Here's the thing. They have a lot of really good cornerbacks, or what I consider to be really good cornerbacks, because last year when they had nothing and they had to play about seven different cornerbacks over the course of the season, you got to see how good Will Harris was. You got to see how good Jerry Jacobs was. You got to see how good Mike Hughes could be. I did. I never had a doubt in my mind that when Jeff Okuda came back from his injury, he would be thrown back into the starting lineup just because he was such a high pick. The fact that like there's it's a story he's making the number two pick is actually good to me for the simple fact that he had to earn it or he's having to earn it. So while it seems dumb, it actually sounds good on paper because. He's not just being handed the starting job because he was a number three pick. So if he's playing into it, well, then I'm he good with it. he was drafted before Dan Campbell yes. got there, right? And so was. Yeah, so that's good that Dan Campbell's making. It's, it's just hilarious to me at this point that my the favorite cornerback for me on the team is Amani Oruwaru Oruwarie. It's so hard to say, especially when I've been drinking. Amani Oruwarue. Oruwaru, it's a boss. Anyways, he he needs a nickname. Give him a nickname. Six sacks quick. last year. I mean, he is a beast. Or six sacks, six interceptions last year. It's just <laughs> sticky hands all over receivers. I love Amani. He's awesome. So having him on the other side while Jeff Akuda figures his crap out, I'm totally fine with that. And then of course, if it can't, having Will Harris and Jerry Jacobs behind them, I'm good with that. Which is hilarious because Jerry Jacobs was an undrafted free agent who's played his way into the hearts of Lions fans. So I feel like I thought I saw that Will Harris is the number one. So Akuda would be There's opposite There's no him. way. And then maybe I, that's what I thought when, this, when I read the story. They said that Will Harris. Will was Harris is one. good, but he's a converted safety, and it makes no sense that he would be number one. Or if Oruare is not a starter then I don't know what lion's world I'm living in. Let's check their depth chart on ESPN. I'm staring at it. He has Amani and Will Harris still. Amani is the left cornerback. Will Harris is the right with Jeff Akuda backing up Will Harris. 
Okay, so maybe Akuda is gonna beat out Amani, and have then Amani would be the number three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have know. to research this because I don't pay attention. I haven't been really been paying attention to the depth chart on for cornerbacks on the Lions because I just assumed it was Oruwariye <laughs> and Akuda. See, I love the position battle part. I, I mean, that's one of the fun things about Madden, too, when you're trying to set your depth chart, deciding, you know, who you want to start. Um, and we'll get into this. I added this to the week two cuts because this actually broke my heart, and it's a complete tangent. But the commanders cut uh, Kelvin Harmon, uh, one of our wide receivers who I've always been a big fan of since he was drafted. That was kind of a, a big yeah. bummer. The guy hurt his leg, uh, tore his ACL, I think, in 2019 or 2020, one of the two. But... Missed a lot of time, never never really got a chance to develop. Played well in the preseason every year. Didn't get on the field. Just a shame. I, I like the guy. Um, but Cam Sims seems to have his position on lock. Um, he did not play tonight with the starters, which I thought was cool. Even though Diami Brown, who was a third-round pick last year, did play tonight. So basically, his roster spot is not locked up. Uh, but Cam Sims is. Cam Sims, of course, the big boy. Uh, that's five. the guy on your team that um, I love. That guy is... Yes. His Twitter handle is also Silky Sims, which <laughs> I just I find very enjoyable. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but anyways, just, just a, a random tangent because you were talking about favorite players and depth charts and stuff, and it reminded me about Kelvin Harmon. So just wanted to, to bring that up. Um, but, yeah, we will definitely watch the Jeff Okuda storyline to see if he does, in fact, become the number two corner. Um, and I will look at his stats see, every what's week. What's more important to me does. right now is who's the number one because you telling me Will Harris is the number one makes no sense to me. So I'm going to have to figure this out. I mean, Amani and Akuda would be pretty good. I Will mean, Harris' stats weren't developed. even half as good as Amani's were. I, I, that's I got so confusing to me. Okay, anyways, I'm going to have to look it up. I don't know. Um, so last, last miscellaneous, I just want to throw this in there about Isaiah Likely, the rookie tight end in Baltimore. Obviously, he's a number two tight end behind Mark but, Andrews um, in a team that runs all the time. But they also use a lot of multi-tight end sets, and he's been lighting up the preseason. So I did go out in our in our uh, dynasty I league, saw and this. I picked him up and put him on my practice squad. Just because it's, it's you know, just an interesting... I mean, the guy does look great in the preseason. I've watched a few of his highlights. And for a team like Baltimore that they've got Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay, and not really much else at receiver, and then they've got Andrews, Isaiah likely could very well be the number two tight end. And still, the Patriots did it with Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. So, I mean, two tight ends can be. Yeah, produce. we're going back to the, that saying I, I said earlier, the embarrassment of riches. Having Andrews and yes. then it likely ends up being that good of a tight end. It's kind of like... It's kind of like the Buccaneers, honestly, with Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard, and then somehow they got Gronkowski on top of that. That tight end room was just absolutely monsters. Yes. Yes, it was. So, But uh, that was my last note. You can, uh, if you want to talk this about this This is a thing. kind of a week three thing because it led into the week three games, but it's right in the middle there of this week going into this podcast, so I wanted to talk about it. Joint practices, man. What is going on with these things? Every, almost every single one this past week was, the headline was fights. Constant fights. Fight, fight, fight. Everyone just wanted to fight. And 
It's to the point where so many of these joint practices had to be ended early because everyone was fighting. Now, I don't know if that's that's like the goal of this because to, in my mind, it would be our ones versus yours on offense and defense going back and forth to get them actual practice that you don't get in preseason games anymore. And I would say oh, at least half of these things ended early because of fights, all of them including the one I want to talk about. And that was uh, the Rams and whoever they were they were joint practicing with. I can't even remember who it was. It was the Bengals. Okay, there you go. Rams-Bengals. So the two Super Bowl teams were joint practicing for some reason. Um, massive fight breaks out. Just an all-out brawl. If you've seen the video, there's just a giant mass of people and in the middle of the video, here's Aaron Donald with his helmet off in his hand, swinging it at everyone, anyone and everyone he could he could swing it at. Absolute crazy. Yep. As defensive player of the year. Yeah, so <laughs> the part that got me is how bad that looks. And the stories immediately became look out for Aaron Donald to be suspended. Look out for Aaron Donald to be suspended. Uh, and I'm like, well, you know, if you're swinging around a helmet, we already know that you shouldn't be doing that no matter where you are. So I could see a suspension for sure. Well, it turns out that is not happening. And not just because it's Aaron Do Donald, Defensive Player of the Year, but check this out. Joint practices are not under coverage by the NFL. They are not overseen by the NFL. They are only overseen by the teams that are doing it. Meaning, if Aaron Donald were to be suspended, it would have to be from the Rams. And how many games do you think the Rams are going to give Aaron Donald for swinging a helmet at another team? Uh, one drive. Yeah. You're, you're not riding the plane home. <laughs> you get to ride in the bus. Yeah. That's about it. I just really feel like for Miles Garrett, because let's be honest, and you said this when I brought this topic up offline, he wasn't on primetime TV swinging a helmet at a guy without a helmet on. Okay, but this is the NFL, and video is taken everywhere, and that is going to be spread around, and any NFL fan that is not casual about it is going to end up seeing this video. So it's still being seen. And Miles Garrett got, what, an indefinite suspension that ended up being six games because he just didn't play the rest of the season? While Aaron Donald swings it at anyone and everyone within his arm distance in the middle of a giant pile, and nothing's going to happen to him. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean, you can look at it like the Miles Garrett thing. It obviously was on prime time. Uh, he he did make contact with Mason Rudolph. He gave Mason Rudolph a concussion. So there's there are other factors. I can understand the NFL coming down hard on Miles Garrett, but Aaron Donald still should not just get away with this for nothing. Like the NFL, yeah, maybe they can't punish him because they don't oversee the practice, but they they can pressure the Rams and say, hey, you guys need to do something about this. You need to show. You know, other players. This is this not okay. Accepted. Hold Donald accountable. I don't see the Rams doing that on their own. Like, because look at it this way: even if they were to say, "All right, we're going to suspend Aaron Donald one game," 
Their first game is against Buffalo that first Thursday night. That's a mm-hmm. huge game. They need yeah. Aaron Donald. Well, then are they going to be we'll like, all right, we'll, we'll suspend Aaron the Donald ter- week this two. terrible team in this week. Yeah, when we play the Seahawks, we'll suspend Aaron Donald. Like, you can't pick and choose. So, I don't – maybe they fine him. That's the easiest way for the Rams to punish him without really punishing him. They just signed him yeah, to ridiculous deals. Contract. So, they could be like, oh, we're going to fine you $100,000, which is a drop in the bucket to you. Yeah. Like, that I could see being something. But, yeah, I, if you're looking at – and I, and I haven't seen the video, but when I read the story, it said he was swinging two helmets, one yeah. in each hand. So when, I don't know if you watched the video, but I have not. shoved by <laughs> his own teammate and almost fell down to get him out of that mass of people. He still only had one helmet in his hand, his own. Whether he was swinging two, I don't... I saw a lot of helmet swinging going on in there. So if he, was, if he had two, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But... Yeah. So, I, I mean... Donald does deserve to be punished, maybe because he didn't actually hit anybody, not as severely as Miles Garrett. Like, I could, if somebody wanted to make that argument, I guess I could see it. But he doesn't deserve to get away with this scot-free. Like, he's got to get fined saying, or something. All I'm saying is that if you're going to indefinitely suspend Miles Garrett to send the message, do not do this again. And someone ends up doing it again and does not get in any trouble for it. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. I completely agree. I, it, he deserves some type of punishment, and I can't wait to see if the Rams hold him accountable, and if they do, what they end up doing, because I, I feel like they're going to wait to see if this will just get swept under the rug before they actually yeah. announce anything. We'll see. It's just a, It was just an interesting story that happened this week. I'm looking at it like, what? What? Why are you doing this? Oh, man. Joint, joint practices. I remember it was DeAndre Hopkins when he was on the Texans, and I forget the corner. They got in a huge fight during a joint practice. It's like every year a joint practice is always some, some – there's always a fight. You know, you get a team that's been beating up each other all summer, and then they finally Beat get to go someone full, else. full bore against yeah. some other one. Yeah. Because they always hold back on your teammates in practice. And then when you're going against an actual opponent, like, yeah, they just, all that testosterone and, and pent up aggression gets let out and they just end up wailing on each other. <laughs> what a joint practices, man. If they're going to keep those going as like the main way to test your first string since they're not doing it in preseason, if people are swinging helmets at joint practices, you're, you're, the odds of you getting hurt are probably higher than playing in the preseason. So they got to do something about the overseeing of these joint practices. Yeah, I was surprised the NFL doesn't oversee them because they do have referees right. that go there, like actual NFL officials. Like, why would they just wash their hands of the entire thing and been like, we, yeah, don't, we're not, we, we don't, don't want to really be a part of this that. joint practice? Yeah. yeah. That's not making but. money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was a week two recap. Uh, so now we're going to go into some of the cuts that occurred. This was the first uh, week of cuts. I think teams cut down to 70. So each team cut uh, like five people. I think it was like 75 to 70, something like that. So there were some pretty interesting cuts, some recognizable names that got cuts that got cut. Uh, so we'll go through those. I added a couple to the list. I saw that. that. Uh, I want to start, and this might not be very notable, only for the fact that he didn't end up doing much in his career. Whether he gets signed by someone else to get a third chance, 
Seeing that the Falcons dropped Auden Tate really made me sad. I really have always thought that that guy was going somewhere, and he just never has. Tall guy. Is that because he was on the Bengals when you played them in Madden a couple seasons ago, and I think he became one of your best receivers? I mean, maybe, but I mean, when I took over that team, I was excited for Auden Tate because of the his draft, where he got drafted, um, going to a bad Bengals team after having a good college career. I just really thought he was going to be a good wide receiver, and he just hasn't done anything in the NFL. And just, just when I was looking through these names, seeing Auden Tate getting released again, not even in the final cuts, but in the week two cuts, that just kind of, that's got a sting for him. Yeah, I remember he, he did, he had some good moments in, in Cincinnati before they got suddenly overloaded with receivers as they are now. Um, I added Geronimo Allison on here, and I'll tell you the only reason mm-hmm. I did. The Falcons cut two wide receivers this week. I don't know who else they have on that team. They have Drake London, and th- and then I think they cut uh, Zacharias or Zacchaeus, the, the the guy like it, the guy's name. I Olamide Zacchaeus is too. still listed on the depth chart on ESPN. He is still there. Okay, so he's there, and Drake Brian London's Edwards there. They cut two of them. Is there? Okay, they traded for him. It's just, I didn't realize they had a plethora of receivers that they could be cutting guys. Brian Edwards is never I was really surprised done at that either. I mean, I guess he's just outshining the other guys in the preseason, but yeah, it's odd. Oh, look, Keyshawn Johnson. That's funny. We just mentioned <laughs> him from the Cardinals. Apparently he is on the Falcons. Weird. Um, but yeah, that's, I only threw drama with Allison on there because I thought it was kind we of ironic. two names we actually know. Not having, uh-huh. yeah. We joke about them not having receivers, and they're out here cutting two that we know. Uh, next up on the cut list, I had the Buffalo Bills dropping Tavon Austin, which is just kind of sad because it's the end of that. I I think it'll be the end of the era for Tavon Austin. I didn't realize he was. Still I only in the know. I thought his era ended four years ago. I only know he was because um, I saw a TikTok from the Bills of. Uh, it was either Stefan Diggs or Gabriel Davis just being absolutely enamored with being on the same team as Tavon and growing up watching him in college in the NFL and modeling their game after him. So to see him be gone now huh. and probably not going to play again, just to, the end of that. And Tavon Austin really was never great. He was decent on the Rams for a long time, but just a high draft pick that was fast, that uh, made some made some big plays, but no, like he was he kind of reminds me of a lesser version of Deshaun Jackson. Sean Jackson, much. See, much I don't think Deshaun Jackson's that great either. I just think they're. I just think Tavon Austin hasn't done anything ever. Like he's just a short, fast the guy only, that never. He wasn't even the only a good return. Tavon Austin and Deshaun Jackson. These are the two things I think of when either of their names mentioned. Outrunning people and catching long passes. That's the only thing I think of with those two receivers. I don't remember Tavon Austin ever doing that part of it. I, I mean, that's what Deshaun Jackson does. He's just a bomb guy or, or nothing. I don't remember Tavon Austin ever imp- like being that impressive at catching the long ball. 
Maybe he did. I, I'll look at his career stats, but I just don't have any memory of him right. doing anything other than being hyped up as, oh, he's he's so fast. Um, fun fact, Tavon Austin was drafted by the Rams in 2013 with the pick that they got from Washington in the RG3 hey, trade. There you go. I will always remember Tavon Austin and Greg Robinson, who was their 2014 pick uh, with the other draft pick. Yeah, it's crazy. That is why I will always remember Tavon Austin, Austin never had more than 509 yards in a season. And it's funny because the, the yeah, 509 see, I mean. yard season, he had 107. Oh, that's targets, not catches. He only had 58 catches of the 107. Holy crap. Wow. That is a that's terrible a, like, catch so, percentage. I'm thinking Tavon Austin was better than he was. And it's funny that these, these teams, see, these I, young kids – Wanted, would, wanted to model their game after Tavon Austin. Well, and I, I think he, was he said he, he was talking about Tavon yeah. Austin in college, which I totally understandable. But, yeah, in the pros, like, I mean, yeah, looking at his stats, like, you know, oh, there's an 81-yard reception his rookie year, a 66-yard, 64. Like, all right. I mean, he made some big plays, but, you know, 16 total touchdowns in nine years. I mean, that's – he played on the Jaguars last year. Did not know that. <laughs> Um, going on, this um, is the biggest, yeah. the biggest drop from the week two cuts. Yes. Kenyon Drake from the Las Vegas Raiders dropped, not even in the final cuts, dropped in the week two cuts. That's insane to me. Yes. Uh, he was being paid way too much money. Uh, John Gruden signed him to a stupid contract and... I guess they finally said it's just too much. But, yeah, that's because he, I mean, he did well in Arizona uh, two years ago before they signed him. I mean, that's it's it's surprising. Uh, it does mean, you know, Josh Jacobs, he's in his final year of his rookie deal that didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So a lot of people thought he's not going to get used that much. But now looking at it, they dropped Kenyon Drake. So they've got Josh Jacobs. They've got the rookie Zaire White. They've got Amir Abdullah. Um, to be like their their third down back, um, but it definitely clears up their their running back room. But I, I I liked Kenyon Drake when he was a Cardinal, and I think he'll still he'll he'll, he'll sign he has on to. somewhere. There's no way he doesn't sign somewhere. Yeah. They'll just sign him into a better contract. He might come back to Arizona. It's just weird. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back to Arizona. I mean, I like Eno Benjamin, but if I had the choice between Kenyon Drake as the number two or Eno Benjamin, oh, I was Kenyon mad when Drake. he left. The Cardinals, they didn't pay him. He went to the Va- Ra- well, they paid him a lot of money. He went to the Raiders they paid him to be the backup money. to Josh Jacobs. And the Cardinals wanted him to be their number one. But they didn't want yep. to match that terrible contract. And here he is being dropped in week two. Not week three, not final guess. Week two under a new resume. Reg- Regime. <laughs> Regime. 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 Go ahead and uh, talk about it. One of the other ones that you added on here. I'm going to, I'll be right back. Um, I so can still well, hear you. We, I'll be right back. I added on. All right. I'll just keep going. Um, so I added on Kelvin Harmon for the commanders. I already talked about that. I mean, that's just a personal one. I was always a fan of his. Um, so that's, that's kind of heartbreaking. I, I hope he gets picked up. Maybe put on the practice squad. We'll see. Um, sticking with the receivers and another one of our teams, the bears dropped Daz Newsome. Uh, the interesting thing about that was he was a sixth round pick last year. Um, so that's pretty uh, pretty soon to be be cutting for a team that 
you would think needs receivers and needs more talent for them to say that Daz Newsom is less talented than everything else they have is kind of a damning uh, description of Daz Newsom. Um, speaking of Bears, former first rounder Kevin White was cut by the Saints. I think that was for an injury designation, which would not be the first time that he's been cut because of an injury designation. So that's another one that, you know, I, I, he was like a seventh overall pick, looked really talented, just has never seemed to be able to stick on to a team or, or stay healthy. Um, so that's a shame. Uh, I sp- another injury designation, Malcolm Butler from the Patriots, he was cut. I mean, that was the Super Bowl hero for them. Uh, just, just uh, well, I want to say a couple years ago. It was probably five or six years ago at this point. Um, but that's uh, that's kind of a a big name, and and uh, you know I'm sure Patriots fans are sad to see him go, just because he's was so inter- instrumental in that Super Bowl win. Um, let's see here, J.C. Treader. I think we actually talked about J.C. Treader when we talked about uh, on our first episode when we were talking about the Browns losing their center for the season. Uh, we mentioned J.C. Treader being there as a backup, but uh, he retired. So the Browns lost another one of their centers. I have no idea who their other center is, but that's that's a, a big hit for that offensive line to lose one to injury and then another guy retires. Uh, we'll see if they if they can. He's like, oh, I don't get that. to play with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he didn't want to wait till week <laughs> thirteen to to snap the ball. That I might Watson. as well retire now. Uh, yeah, another retirement. Uh, Shaquem Griffin drafted by the Seahawks uh, with his brother. Yes, he was on the Dolphins. I did not know that when he retired. So he uh, he retired from football. He was on the Seahawks, um, right? He was drafted by the Seahawks. They had his brother. Is and he then they the guy him. that has and then the the arm deformity? Yeah, he had a, a genetic disorder, I believe, so he, he lost his left arm right. or left hand. Um, I always so, thought that was an uh, awesome story. That he, uh, he managed to get drafted and play at a just a ridiculously high NFL level. While some people can't do yeah, it with yeah, two he's, hands. I mean, he's and stuck in there. <laughs> right. I this sure as hell like, couldn't. destroying people. <laughs> yeah. It I must remember have, one of the coolest uh, things. It must I have inspired picking... uh, that Giants defensive lineman. What was his name? Uh, yeah, Justin JPP. Pierre-Paul? He's like, Jason I, I want to try that. Yeah, I'm gonna play with some fireworks. Yeah. With his, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So he retired. Uh, There's then, only one, uh, two more that so... here before we get to this last one. Yeah, you put those on there, so I'll let you talk okay. about these two. Minnesota Vikings dropped Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson. There was a time with the Dolphins and their wide receivers that I just felt like they had the most ridiculous wide receivers on that team. That if they had, if this these wide receiver core was on a team with a good quarterback and a good line, they would have just shown out. Right? Albert Wilson was one of those guys. No, Albert Wilson. Yeah, Albert Wilson's the the. Now I'm second guessing myself. Albert Wilson was the Dolphin, right? Uh, I believe yeah, he, he was, was on, on the, the Chiefs and then went to the Dolphins. He's the guy from the Dolphins that 
He's who I'm thinking of. Man, I sometimes I second guess myself. Anyways, Albert Wilson's a really good receiver. Saw him, see that he's draft. I don't know what the reasoning for that was, but just seeing it on that list was very surprising to me. Because he's got to be young still. He is 30 years old. Wow. That's surprising. Yeah. See, I knew he was on the Chiefs first. I didn't know he was on the uh, Chiefs. I thought he was got drafted by the Dolphins, so that might be why I thought he was young. No. So he was signed as an undrafted free agent 2014 by the Chiefs. Went to the Dolphins in 2018. Uh, he opted out of the 2020 season because of COVID, so he didn't play then. And then so he only signed with the Vikings on June 1st and then got cut on August 22nd. So he was on the team for two that's months. insane. But yeah, that's... I remember him. I remember him in Miami. I remember him in Kansas City. He was he was he was pretty good. I mean, but yeah, he had more now, yards in his best season than Tavon Austin. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, they're the same height too. Five foot nine. Yeah, I didn't realize Albert Wilson was that That's short. Crazy. But he's the guy at the Lions tomorrow. Um, like, but we yeah. signed Albert Wilson. I'd be like, all right, I'm in. Let's do it. I, yeah, you know, I love not? tall receivers, so that would be a change for me. It would. But it I also didn't know he was five hey. foot nine until you just said it, so <laughs> you just there's just something about him that stuck in your mind even though you didn't know how old he was or like, how I tall just he know was. the name or how long I know who he NFL. played for and I <laughs> knew that I, I just I, signed had him on fantasy. You just, you I just knew that like him. I know I when know all my I receivers like. were getting <laughs> down to injuries on my fantasy team, I could sign Albert Wilson and get at least get points. So <laughs> he just just uh, the body. Houston Texans uh, released Andy Janovich, the fullback, who they just signed this offseason as a free agent for a ridiculous, like, $1.7 million. So, for the fullbacks out there, that is a bad sign. If the worst team in the NFL can't sign yep. one of the better fullbacks in the league and keep him for a year on a ridiculous contract, that is uh, bad news for fullbacks. So... It's funny, Washington released their fullback, too, uh, this week. Uh, they didn't sign. I don't think they were paying him that much, but just kind of a funny. Fullbacks just keep getting cut. It's the position's just Can, falling out of favor. Tell me this. Can you name? I know. I think I think I could name one for the, the commanders slash formerly Redskins. A fullback that you loved. Um... We had a really good one, right? A A couple years ago, we did. I can't. I remember. I cannot remember his name to save my life right now. But like when I think of fullbacks, I think of like Mike Allstott, Chris City, like like or or um, not cool. No, that's a fullback. Daryl Young. Remember, I'm gonna have to look it up. Yes, Daryl Young. That was his name. I I liked him. He was. He was good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I can't I, – I I wouldn't consider him one of the greatest fullbacks of all time. I, I mean, I only knew him because I was a Washington fan. Um, but, I, yeah, like Mike Allstott and then, you know, the guy in uh, um, um, San Francisco right now uh, whose name I just – is completely Dude, it's, me. it's weird. It's got a lot of W's in it. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, God. Anyways, um, uh, Larry Centers, obviously, for Arizona. Also, the Arizona Redskins. Played, you know, he was a. Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah, he probably did. 
That's the uh, that. Forty Niners. Yes, use check. Thank you. Um, and then I remember Mike Tolbert from the Chargers. He was he was a good. The reason I ask is this because it's funny that there's like when I became a Lions fan, and even after the years after Barry Sanders retired, the fullback position held a special place to me because the Lions utilized it so well with Corey Schlesinger. That ever since Corey Schlesinger, I I always want the Lions to have fullbacks, and I want them to use them like they did Corey Schlesinger because Corey Schlesinger on the Lions was what Kyle Juszczyk was is on the 49ers. The guy that bl- blocks like crazy you know, and then would catch passes, run like crazy, and then when he was given the ball, he would also rush the ball. I I wish fullback was a position that was still utilized. I love those eye formations. It's funny when, when you talk about that because when I think of a fullback, I only think of either the lead blocker or the short yardage guy. I don't usually think of the catching the passes and stuff, but yeah, with like use check and you talk about Schlesinger, I mean, that is a, that is a portion. I mean, they're basically a mm-hmm. jack of all trades, but I, I also, I'm a, I'm a big power run fan. So you, you know, stick a fullback up there, have him hit the hole, push the linebacker out of the way. I mean, that's, I that's love the like power see, run. Uh, I, the run. I formation is yes. just, you line up in the I formation which doesn't happen much anymore because most teams don't even have a fullback. I love the I-formation. Last one I wanted to talk about. And you know why I put this on here, right? I have no idea. I have not heard the story Well, I'll tell it to you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please recap it for for me and the audience. It actually makes me very uncomfortable and upset being a dad. No. Um, No. I guess you don't have to be a dad to be very uncomfortable and upset by this. But <laughs> I don't, really don't think you do. Um, the Buffalo Bills earlier this week released punter Matt Hack. Unfortunately, not a big... Who cares? Why are you telling me this? Yeah. Uh, the Buffalo Bills also s- drafted a guy named the punt god, Matt Areza from San Diego State. Well, guess what? They've also released Matt Areza. Now they don't have a punter. Now you might think to yourself, did they release the wrong Matt? Did they just accidentally release Matt Hack instead of Matt Areza? No, that is not what happened because holy shit, this story is absolutely insane. This dude, this whole story just, it, it reaffirms every story I hear about the NFL. Let's go back. No, I'll tell the story and then go back to why this is weird to me. Matt Areza, the the charges being brought against it's not actually charges, it's a civil suit because they never finished looking into it in San Diego like they should have probably because this guy was on the football team and whatever but basically uh, I don't even like using the words that go into this story basically him and two teammates from the San Diego State were involved in a R word for everyone out there, if you don't know the R word, uh, ask a friend. You'll know what I'm talking about. Can I Can I just I, – I just want to interrupt you real quick when, when you mention that because the thing that really makes my skin crawl about this story is not that he was accused of the R word. It was a gang yes. R word. No. Like that description, which is everywhere, is just the most cringy – it's all cringy, but like to see that be used – 
just makes when it they, even worse. You want to talk about cringy? The fact that people throw in train and things, words like that, with what happened here, where basically, oh, I had not, I had not heard that much description behind it. I've read, I read a bunch of stories, but just because this was interesting to me with all the Deshaun Watson stuff that happened, the the fact that he had done it himself and then he led this girl into a house, the house he lived in, left her in a bedroom for two other teammates to do the same thing to this person. And then on throw on top of that, An she was girl. a minor. Like, so here's where I was going to say earlier that, but you needed to hear the story. This is where I don't trust the NFL where it comes to money, making money and giving a crap about people. The the Bills, this is the Bills, right? Yeah, the Bills knew about this in the end of July and did nothing about it. And the only time they did anything was when they started receiving, receiving public pushback. And that is when they did it. That is why Matt Hack was released first and they kept this guy despite knowing, the team knowing what had what had happened and what the allegations were and that he was in a civil suit with the woman that this happened to and she did nothing first off she didn't ever there was no ever reason to think she did anything wrong but she reported this the day after it happened and the police did not investigate it correctly so like now it's come down to a civil suit not a criminal suit a civil suit it it's it's it makes me mistrust the nfl so much when the when the texans can build a contract around knowing for a fact that this guy's going to get suspended. Deshaun Watson's going to sus- get suspended. So not putting all the money in that year. It's like, this is so freaking shady. The fact that they actually released him is, is, is a step in the right direction to me, but well, they still waited a couple days after the news broke. Yeah. They're release. not, they're not, so not only did they, they no know what he did, none. yeah, and and the the statement I saw was something about you know we, we were trying to gather the facts Let the legal about system this, take which its is course. difficult. Yeah, and it's like, and you talk about the Texans. I mean, they knew what Deshaun Watson was doing too, and they never they didn't they they helped him. They gave him NDAs. They gave him a a standing room at a hotel for him to go get <laughs> massaged in. Washington, Dan Snyder, everybody knew what that that dumbass has been doing with the cheerleaders and everything else. It's it is not by any means. I mean, the NFL is not you know craft throw that in great organization. Yeah, like, but the difference I think is is when you're talking about players, and when when the Bills found out about it, and I can understand. Okay. Because when was when was the lawsuit like the the thing filed? Because if my understanding was it was just filed this week. Yeah, the civil. Because, I think like, the civil suit see, and was I knew filed they, recently, for sure. Okay, so, but the problem is when that got filed, that should have been the moment that they tell a re- okay, you know what, we're we're gonna put you. I said there's got to be some type of designation that they can put the him team. on while they figure right. out the due like, course of whatever. Right. Go home, like we're gonna. You're suspended at the very least. We're suspending you until we know more about the situation. Like they could have done something rather than just pretend it doesn't exist. Ah, let's yeah, see what like, happens. 
Yeah, like, well, well let's just see what happens. But it's just, it's if, so. <laughs> Listen, I know, like, <laughs> privacy laws, all that type of stuff. They, they couldn't re- outright come out at the beginning of August and say, we know about this. But you can do things, even secretly. Like, people disappear from practice all the time, and you never know why. And this would be one of those situations where, like, this guy was not at practice or at camp, starting camp for this long. We don't know why, but now we're going to focus on the guy that's here. Do something to to show that, hey, we knew this was happening and we did something about it. They didn't do anything about it. They knew they didn't do anything. It's so annoying. It's, it's just, it's really disgusting that a guy can get accused of something like that. And, I mean, whether you, it whether it happened or not, I, you know, we, I don't know. But when you get accused of something like that, the best thing the Bills could have done is just Okay, you, the player, need to step away from the team indefinitely until you get that figured out. Like, the Bills shouldn't want to be associated with that once the the accusation's out there, the lawsuit's been filed. It's just, it's very, it took them at least two, three days to make the decision to cut him. In which they were, you know, oh, we were gathering information. What information did you have gathered that the police and lawyers, yeah, I don't trust the Bills the Buffalo Bills to have a better investigative crew than like the a police department. I'm sorry. It's just, it's ridiculous that because the thing for me is like now every headline that pops up is Buffalo Bills punter or former Buffalo Bills punter. If I'm a Bills fan or I'm a part of that team, I wouldn't want that our name in the headline with this guy. I wouldn't want to be associated with this guy. And they are. And that's, you know, they didn't know when they drafted him. Fine. If they found out in July, they could have suspended him then. You know, they could have just suspended him and said, oh, indefinite suspension won't go into it. It's private. And then when this shit happened, it would have been like, oh, okay, now we get it. But the fact that they knew and they're like, well, keep keep going. And then they release the other punter. Knowing, knowing oh, well. what the rookie, what, what the guy has. It's like you cut your punter. And and commit to the rookie, the punt god, Matt Areza. You you're committing to him, knowing what he did. You're just assuming it's never going to come out. Like that that part seems no. a little weird to me. That they would commit to this punter, knowing what Maybe. he has done, and just assuming eh, it's all going to be fine. Maybe we'll be okay. Let's yeah, find out. It's, Let's roll the dice. They're just going to sweep it under the rug the same way San Diego State did. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. I I, it, the, I I don't know, man. The whole story it's a is just of it's, being a fan of a very bad team. If you're watching the stream, you can see Calvin Johnson behind me with big ass Lions logo on his helmet. Maybe as a fan of being a bad team, and maybe it's like bad teams. If this stuff happens, are just like you, you're gone. We're not dealing with that. But I don't remember anything like this ever happening for the Lions. I don't yeah, remember I, uh, for the Cardinals. I mean, this is such I, a But when weird... I think about teams like the Ravens, the Cowboys, the, any of these successful teams, they just want to hold on to anything with controversy as long as they can because they're like, you know what? We can get through this. We'll be totally fine. We don't, we don't need to deal with all that. We'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's it's such a weird attitude to have of, 
Especially with the <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yes. no disrespect. Well, this is the Coffin Corner this is a, this podcast, is a, okay? Yeah. Listen, yeah, we love exactly. punters like, here. We, we, we love... We love good punters, man. Trustway, shout Jack out Fox, to my man Trustway. Love you. I love Sam Martin. Trustway. I miss you, but at least we got um, Jack Fox. Yes, I uh, Trustway. Please come <laughs> on the podcast. Um, but yeah, so but you're talking about a six round draft pick, a punter. If this guy to know what what he had been accused of, whether or not, of course he's he's going to say he's innocent, duh. But the fact that you've been accused of this, it's like. You could you had another punter on your roster. You could have very easily just told, oh, you know what, we're gonna just suspend a razor or put him on the practice squad or just step away from the team. Go home. Like you don't even have to suspend him. Just send him home him the, and let Matt Hack just punt Jimmy for Garoppolo you in practice treatment. until this you know? Right, yeah, just just go home. It just it baffles my mind that the Bills, whether it's the the arrogance of the hubris to think that this is gonna just go away. Or no one's going to mind if he gets accused of this. Like, oh, no one cares. We're just going to use him for And when did the Bills just, become that team? It's such a weird... <laughs> I, it's success, man. You're the it's the pill. success. It's just this guy. You get a little success and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, whatever. We can do what we want to. We're the <laughs> Bills. Um, oh, yeah. Anyways, I, 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 did, I couldn't let that story go untalked about because it's just... The fact that it is a punter, oh, no. first I... off, to being covered up for this much. Like, I still can't see it with other players, but the fact that this was a punter this was happening to, and we all know how punters are treated in the NFL, it's just confusing and saddening, to be honest. Honestly, it's it's just it just goes to show the you. Almighty I mean, doll. this guy at SDSU... Well, and you're, he he was part of the the great SDSU football team last year and got away with this <laughs> this probably again not not you know not officially yet but I mean what what things are other players on other teams getting away with that we that, that never come out I mean that's the really depressing thing is that we talk about you know athletes getting away with uh, I mean in some case you know. Ben Roethlisberger, you know, remember that story? Um, I mean, just all these kinds of crazy things that, that athletes get away with yeah. because of who they are. And this guy, as a punter, yes, exactly. like, yeah, it's 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 just, it's, it is it's very... It's such a uh, weird... Moving kind of off of that topic, but into... I just want to point this out for anyone that is listening. And when we, we say allegations and things like this, like, obviously, all the... I'm not a judge and I'm not a jury. So I can't say this did or didn't happen. But for everyone out there that's like, these are allegations. Why would you believe that person? I, as a person, personally, and I don't know where you stand on this, so you can tell me where you are. But me as a person, I would rather believe a victim than victim blame or, you know, just push, believe the 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 person being accused saying that it doesn't happen. I can tell you how many times that like celebrities or sports figures have these things happen to them that are true that just get pushed under the rug and then eventually anyone brings them up again that never happened. Well then why did they pay them off? You know, I am firmly in the camp of never 
not believing the victim. And and I understand that there are people that go for money grabs and all that kind of stuff, but this is a horrific story that this person is going to have to deal with. If they made it up, they're going to have to explain themselves to every other person they ever meet from this point forward. And why would a victim go do that? It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, and I'll, I'll say this. Uh, so innocent until proven guilty is the law. So I, I do side on that. That side of it is, listen, if you're going to accuse somebody of something, like you, you've got to be able to, to prove it. However, I'm also going to say in a situation like this where it's like, Literally, he said, she said, you know, she she has her story. And of course, you know, the matter race is going to say it never happened. I, I read the uh, the, the details <laughs> of the story or while you were talking while I was look this up. I don't I don't think a victim would come up with a story that is so detailed and so horrific um, just for attention. Yeah. It, it's you're accusing a punter and several other people who don't even play football anymore of something like it just it's not like if, if this is a cash who grab, are you gaming um, who are she's you? aiming very yeah, very exactly. low you know, she's, exactly. she's grabbing very low so i i do like in this situations like this yeah i mean obviously innocent until proven guilty i mean that's I, that, that's that's, I, that's the the law and i, I will not say that, i disagree with that i'm with you there yeah, but I'm also not going to say I'm not. My knee-jerk reaction is not, oh, she's lying because he's an athlete and yeah. she's trying to get something from him. Or Deshaun Watson, when you get tw- my knee-jerk reaction. When I see 25 allegations, I don't think 25 people that yes. don't know each other decided to come together and destroy a man's career. Accuse yeah. you of the same thing. You get one allegation, and it'll be like, all right, you know, yeah, Deshaun Watson target on his back. I get that. 25 is more like, yeah, weird coincidence. I'm big, you know, so in this situation, I, yeah, I definitely, I look at it and I say, listen, it, if he didn't do it, if she's completely making this up, it should be very easy for him to prove. Phones track our location 24 freaking seven. Give him your, they should be able to prove he wasn't even at the house or at the party. Or that he doesn't she was a person or all these things should be very easy. Where were they? It should they? be very easy to prove. Yeah, it should be very easy to prove. I mean, you're talking how, but if you're unable to prove it, yeah, you're guilty. Or if you settle it, you yeah. look guilty. And I know people say, "Oh, we settled." Just, you know, I, I settled because of the distraction, or I just wanted to go away. All right, sure. But if if you're innocent and you have uh, what what is the line? From the office, uh, Kathy Bates, when she's interviewing them about who leaked the... Uh, I don't know if you, you yeah. watched The Office, I'm sure. But uh, anyways, um, she says it's like a guilty conscience needs no... Uh, I can't remember what she said. But it's such a great line about like, listen, if you're actually innocent, you're going to stand there claiming your innocence until the day you die. If you pay somebody off to make something go away, boy, that doesn't seem A guilty seem conscience needs no accuser? So, is that what it is? No, I don't. That's, that's I just that's what that's um, what Google that what filled in Google? for the rest of it. it I guess oh. that's, that's that's an idiom. Um, needs no accuser. A feeling of guilt uh, and remorse can be so strong that oh. it will prompt an offender to confess, even if no one is requiring them to do so. That's kind of right. like I, the well, telltale I guess that, heart. That wasn't her line, but that does 
Yeah, um, her line: "A clear conscience, don't yeah, need don't no need mercy. no no wonder it didn't um, come up." Yeah, don't need <laughs> no mercy. Yeah, <laughs> you weren't googling in <laughs> the southern accent. I should have put no, office so, quote in. So like, in yeah. the Google search. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what I did. And it popped right up. But yeah, so uh, that's the way I look at it. Like, if 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 he's innocent, he's gonna fight it because I mean, yeah, why? But. If you pay somebody off or, or you know, you, you settle out of court or something, I, you look guilty. You I'm will sorry, always look Sean guilty. Watson, you I'm look sorry. guilty. <laughs> yeah. So, but this is, this is, a, I, I want to follow it. Cause I, I, I definitely want that girl to get some justice. Um, you know, if, if she is telling the truth, it's, it's a, a horrific. I mean, reading those details, I had no idea. I had just read the stories. I had not read the detailed account. And that I lived in disgusting. San Diego, so for everyone out there, I lived in San Diego. San Diego State football is massive there. The only thing bigger when I lived there was Chargers football. And I'm sorry, but San Diego oh, State football <laughs> was almost bigger than the Padres at that at the point I lived there. So this does not surprise me if it just was swept under the rug. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that happens. You, you, you've seen stories all the time about college you know and not just football i remember the duke lacrosse team years ago the same thing they got swept under the rug like it's just unfortunately that's that's the way those schools treat it because the football team brings in money so let's do what we can to protect them and i mean this is uh yeah but but on a a brighter note uh the buffalo bills did make matt barkley punt for them uh in their game last week I, i think it was last week i don't know i saw that matt barkley was punting for them because of this they had cut Hawk, and they didn't activate Areza. So they, that that at least is a is a funny way to end the story <laughs> about. I, I want to go back now and watch videos of that's, Matt Barkley. That's punching. actually amazing. I love that. <laughs> yes. So all right, well, hey, another another two hour show. That, that just is, seems to be listen, what we do. Like <laughs> I, you, whether it's you or Wink, doesn't matter who I'm with. It, two hours is the mark. It's either going to be two hours or it's going to be something higher. That's the way it goes. So um, hopefully you guys <laughs> enjoyed the conversation because I don't, I enjoy talking about it. So I love football. I love talking about it. It could be the most minute thing. And I'm still going to like talk about Albert Wilson. So <laughs> um yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, and there's always, especially right now with preseason and as we get into the season, there's always going to be something to talk about, whether it's injuries or trades or just, just how players are doing. Like, we are going to have plenty to talk about all the way through the Super Bowl. Um, so two hours, I think, is is probably pretty uh, pretty normal. I, I think, think that's where we're going to uh, be at. We've, we're setting precedents here. Except in two weeks, since we're not doing next week, in two weeks when we're back on the ninth, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably have a four-hour we'll show. To to at, uh, <laughs> we'll try to do two hours. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you don't follow us, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Coffin Corners. Uh, also on TikTok, Coffin Corner Podcast. You can find some of our our stuff there. As well, I was supposed to get our... Uh, you, the YouTube exists. I haven't posted last week's podcast. Uh, I'll probably release it. Last week's podcast, the same time I released this week's podcast, it's set up. If you go on to um, YouTube and you look up Coffin Corner Podcast, you will find us there. There won't be any videos, but once this podcast goes up, 
I'll release last week's video as well. So you can watch this week's. I would understand if you don't watch what last week's, but if you want to, that would be awesome. So those should be up soon and I'll get all of our uh, socials updated there, but the YouTube will be up soon. So thanks everybody for listening, supporting us. We appreciate every single person that is taking the time to listen to us, whether it was first episode from then second. Now it doesn't matter. Any, all of you are awesome and we appreciate you. So, uh, Richie, you got anything else to say before we go? Nope. Uh, yeah. Thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you all for, for watching the, the live stream if you did and, and following us on social media and, and, uh, you know, just, uh, we, we hope you continue to listen cause we're really enjoying doing this and, you know, as we get into the season it becomes even more fun and, and I can't wait to, uh, you know, uh, discuss all that and, and, it's just, it's a lot of fun. So hopefully you guys are having fun too. And, and hopefully you keep listening. We'll miss you next week, but uh, we'll be back on September 9th. Awesome. All right, then. Well, we'll catch you uh, in a couple of weeks for episode four. And until then, you guys enjoy your week and we will see you on the flip side. Bye, everyone.